What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Friday. I'm so excited to be here. We have a jam-packed show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM out of Noonan. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. I am so excited to be here for this Friday edition of the Sports Beat. I've been trying to get all the shows in as much as I can because we've had a lot of high school basketball playoffs going on. This is episode 573, and I will just continue to do a show, and uh, we'll go ahead and run down all the high school scores in the Chattahoochee Valley. We've had a busy day today. We had a busy day yesterday as well, and we have a lot of teams in the Fountain City and in the Chattahoochee Valley that have won games where they are playing for the championship. Let's start with Central. They took on Spain Park today. I watched the game on the NFHS Network. Spain Park was leading most of the way, but Central was able to get the victory, and they will take on Hoover in the state championship on Saturday. Wow. The Central Red Devils. What a win over Spain Park. And I got to tell you, I was very impressed with Jacoby Hill. 32 points. He was on fire. And the Central Red Devils, they reach the state championship for the first time in school history. They have an opportunity to win a basketball championship for the first time in school history. And that would be the clean sweep. Football, baseball, and basketball. How about that? Central will take on the Hoover Buccaneers Saturday at 6.45 p.m. tip-off at the Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. And you can catch the game on the NFHS Network. Another team from the Chattahoochee Valley in East Alabama punched their ticket to the championship game. The Valley Rams, still undefeated, 33-0. Valley got the convincing 70-51 win over the Wildcats of Scottsboro. And Valley, just too much denial Dooley, Jay Harper, Cam Dooley. Valley's on a mission. And they will take on Charles Henderson in the state championship at the Legacy Arena in Birmingham. Saturday, tip-off at 11.45, and you can catch it on the NFHS Network. That's going to be a busy day. Saturday is going to have nothing but championship games. So Central and Valley have a chance to play for a championship in East Alabama. Over in Georgia, we have talented teams that are going to play for championships. The St. Ampicelli Vikings had no problem over George Walton Academy, 72-48 to in the Final Four on the campus of Mercer University. And the Pacelli Vikings will take on Stratford Academy in the GIAA 4A State Championship at Mercer University. And Stratford Academy, who's only lost two games all year, they have looked incredible, and 
the Pacelli Vikings, trying to win their first ever basketball championship. And they're also trying to get not only a football championship with a basketball championship and cross country and esports and wrestling and everything else that Pacelli has done this year, which has been absolutely incredible. I cannot believe how poised Pacelli was. And mainly it's not only the discipline that head coach Corey Black has instilled in this team. It's because they've been battle-tested. I've had the privilege to see Pacelli in action a couple of times this year, including a win over Brookstone. And I really think that the Pacelli Vikings, although Stratford Academy is going to be a challenge, that's going to be a great game. I'm hoping that the NFHS Network is going to broadcast it, but I think it's because it's the GIAA, I think that it will probably be their own broadcast. Pacelli is 22-5, and five, and they're going into this game taking on a Stratford Academy team that just looks incredible. Stratford Academy, 25-2. and two. You know, they only lost two games all year. And they have just an amazing player, Khalil Green, who averages 20.6 points a game. Pacelli is back to full health. Cam Ellis looked amazing the other night. And anytime you have balanced scoring with TJ Smith, Cam Ellis, Kingston Simon, Pacelli has just got a very talented team. Another team playing in the championship in the Chattahoochee Valley is the Brookstone Girls. Brookstone has come out of nowhere to start off in this GIAA tournament as the number seven seed. And then Brookstone, once they got their player back, Williams, back from injury, Brookstone just ran with it. And they're going to take on George Walton Academy in the championship game on the campus of Mercer University. Actually, is going to be today. Brookstone 22-6 and six overall. And the way they got here was just incredible. Upsetting Bullock Academy and then getting a narrow four-point win over First Presbyterian Day. Tip-off at 8 p.m. tonight against George Walton Academy, who's 21-4 and in the GIAA State Basketball Tournament on the girls' side which hopefully you should be able to see that as well. I don't think that one's going to be on the NFHS network either. But it's nice to see Brookstone also playing for a state championship, as Pacelli has done a couple of times this year. Hey, we still have another team from Georgia that's left standing. The Hardaway Girls, they are in the Final Four of course, the championship games will take place March the 8th through the 11th in Georgia. They're about to wrap things up in Alabama. But the Hardaway girls are in the Final Four after getting a 48-42 win over Northwest Whitfield. They will take on Griffin on the campus of Fort Valley State University. Tip-off at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Like I said, a very busy Saturday. 
I would just love to pull out my phone and watch Valley at 11.45, the Hardaway Girls at 2, and watch Central, St. Ampicelli. There's just so many games to watch on Saturday, and I would just love to watch all of them. I'm hoping that I can get on the show Monday and talk about who won the championship in the Chattahoochee Valley. Which team can we brag about that won a state championship? Hopefully all of them. Hopefully all of them. All right, got some college basketball action last night. The Kennesaw State Owls are one win away from reaching the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. The Kennesaw State Owls will host Liberty at the Convocation Center, one of the biggest games in Kennesaw, Georgia, in the A-Sun Championship this Sunday on ESPN2. The Owls defeated Lipscomb 80-71. to Even though Kennesaw State had a large 16-point lead, Lipscomb came back and made it close. But Kennesaw State with Terrell Burden, he knocked down some key threes that really iced the game. And you look at the passion in the fan base of Kennesaw State. They had over 3,500 fans. Just three years ago, Kennesaw State only won one game. They were 1-28 in Amir Abdulrahim's first year. And now they are one win away from punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament. 25-8 record. That's a very impressive record to become a bubble team. I mean, that's a very impressive record. I mean, I don't know their their resume is going to hold, but they're at least going to get in the NIT. That's for sure. Some of the other college basketball action last night. I mean, we had just a lot of conference tournaments going on and just a lot of play. Not a whole lot of upsets. Uh, Houston's still going to be the overall number one seed, I believe. They held off Wichita State. Don't forget the next week I will have my Bracketology show. We'll get into conference tournament play for the Power 5 conferences. And then March the 12th is Selection Sunday. I cannot wait to see which team gets in. And I hope that Kennesaw State can get into this tournament. Joe Lenardi from ESPN has got them projected as a number 15 seed. I think they're a number 14 seed. If you look at their strength of schedule, they played Indiana tough. They only lost to Florida by 10, and they played San Diego State. They had a pretty decent strength of schedule and a 25-8 and record. They're definitely at least a number 14 seed. And I think if Kennesaw State does get into this tournament, that they could probably upset a team. Usually you'll get like a number 14 or a number 15 seed that will have a Cinderella story. St. Peter went to the Elite Eight. I mean, think about that. I mean, it has happened. I just think that this is a fascinating story about Kennesaw State. I actually subscribe to the Marietta Daily Journal, and this is the big story. They are buzzing about Kennesaw State basketball up in the North and Metro Atlanta area, and it is incredible. So the other night, the Columbus State women's basketball team fell to Clayton State in the first round of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament, 75-71 to 
in America's Georgia. Columbus State finishes with a 15 and 12 overall record and 9 and 9 in the Peach Belt. The Lady Cougars were led by Amelia Tenbrox, 21 points, and Amber Abuzbe had 14 points. As they await their fate, it looks like their season is over. There is a chance that they could get an at-large bid. They did get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament last year because they had the number one defense. So congratulations on just a successful season. I was able to make it out to a game. And head coach Matt Hauser has done a great job with this team. The Columbus State Cougars, they are still alive in the Peach Belt Conference Tournament after getting the win over the University of North Georgia. The number six seed knocks off the number three seed, and they will advance to the second round. Don't forget our River Dragons are in action this Friday and Saturday at the Columbus Civic Center taking on the Delaware Thunder. And you have the Columbus Rapids that are on the road down in Orlando taking on the Central Florida Crusaders on Saturday. Like I said, Saturday is going to be a very busy sports day for myself watching games on the NFHS Network and on YouTube because I like to catch every road game for the Columbus Rapids. So I've had a condensed show, but before I close and I bring on uh, the best of shows, just a big shout out to my alma mater. Freed Hardman University. Many of you know that I was a broadcasting student at Freed Hardman University, which is an NAIA school in Henderson, Tennessee. Well, for the first time in history, both the men's and women's basketball team won the conference tournament. That has never happened. Congratulations to both. In fact, the men's team will host the first two rounds of the NAIA tournament on the campus of Freed Hardman. In the Brewer Center, you know, I used to call games up in the press box in the Brewer Center, and that was back when it was just called the Sports Center. A lot of great memories in that gymnasium, but a lot's changed. I mean, the campus has changed. I mean, I haven't been on the campus of Freed Hartman in 12 years. NBA the other night, Kevin Durant made his debut for the Phoenix Suns. Will it work? Well, it has to work. Because I don't know what the Phoenix Suns are going to do if it doesn't work. The Suns have a big three with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant. And not to mention, they got DeAndre Ayton. This should work. It has to. The Lakers get a win over the Thunder without AD and without LeBron. And now we have games happening tonight where the Atlanta Hawks, hopefully they can get the win over the Trailblazers, but... I think Dame Lillard can probably go off on that Hawks defense. Quinn Snyder is not just about getting him as the head coach. It's about setting the precedence and changing the culture for the Hawks. Because whether it is Mike Budenholzer or Lloyd Pierce or Nate McMillan or before Budenholzer when it was Larry Drew and Mike Woodson, I just don't know if the Atlanta Hawks had the right guy. I think that Quinn Snyder is a great hire, and I think that they hired the right guy. All right, that's all the time I have here in the show. Hope everybody has a great weekend. You'll get, uh, for the next 45 minutes, you're going to get the best of shows. So I hope you enjoy. 
and I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge, and I am super excited about my next guest, WRBL Sports Director Jack Patterson, who is the busiest man in the Fountain City. Jack, did you go from Birmingham to Macon yesterday, or did you have help? Uh, fortunately, I had help. I had Tyler Redman, my weekend sports anchor. He went over to Macon for the Pacelli Final Four game, but I was in Birmingham yesterday for the uh, Central Final Four game and then came back and anchored the sports cast at 11 o'clock last night. I tell you, it is the most overused cliche in sports. Teamwork makes the dream work. Absolutely. Especially this time of year. And, man, listen. You get all the help you can – you'll take all the help you can get. And, man, not just Tyler, but our entire News 3 team has come through in the clutch for us this week. Jack, I don't think I've ever seen this in basketball in the Fountain City. You got Central and Valley playing for state championship games tomorrow. You got the Hardaway girls in the Final Four. You got the Brookstone girls in the championship game tonight. This is just incredible. And not to mention Taylor County's also in the final four. I mean, we're yeah, gonna we're gonna see yeah, man, man. See, I drew a blank. But Shelly Boys in the in the championship game tomorrow night. I mean, we have six teams in the Chattahoochee Valley all playing for state championships. And to top all that, uh, LaGrange Academy won the GIAA Division One championship today. It's it's just crazy. It's it's incredible. You know the old saying goes, Richard, that if you give me a sport, I could tell you a team in the that in the Chattahoochee Valley that could not just contend but win a state championship. And I'm almost to the point where in certain sports like basketball, you have to make that plural. I can give you teams that could not just contend but win for state championships. And I tell you, in 10 years of being around the sports scene around here, I've never seen the basketball scene like this. Let's start with Central. Central is normally a football and baseball school, but I saw that game against Spain Park at the Legacy Arena on the NHS Network, and Central looked amazing. I thought that Spain Park were gonna was going to pull this out, but I, I'm trying to remember that guy's name, but the, the kid who scored 32 points. Just Jacoby, an, Hill. Jacoby Hill. Thank you, Jack, of course. You, with all the knowledge of all these players, uh, Jacoby Hill, he balled out. I didn't hear his name until I saw him on the broadcast yesterday. Jacoby Hill could lead the Central Red Devils to another blue map for Central, but this time in basketball. They're taking on Hoover. The Buccaneers of Hoover are a very power team in uh, in 7A. Yeah, I'm losing my train of thought, Jack. You, you know, this is exciting. I mean uh, – Tell everybody where you're going to be tomorrow. You're going to be in Birmingham, right? Because Valley and Central both playing for a blue map tomorrow in, in Birmingham? Exactly. I'll be in Birmingham. That'll be kind of where I'm staked out. Uh, you know, for, as far as Central, to kind of piggyback off of what you were talking about, Jacoby Hill has been a revelation during these playoffs, Richard. And he has been one of the driving forces and the reason why Central, who – a lot of people didn't really think a lot of, but then they beat Auburn in the area tournament, and they have been red hot through the postseason so far. And now they're one win away from that elusive blue map. You know, we talk about how so you know so many teams in at Central High School have won state championships, and despite all the legacy and history that this Central Boys basketball program has, the one thing they don't have, Richard, is a blue map. 
that can fix that on Saturday evening up at Legacy Arena. And I'm telling you, and it's not just Jacoby Hill. You know, he'll get he gets the headlines, especially when you have a game like he did in the Final Four against Spain Park, 32 points, 23 of which of which came in the second half. But Q Billingsley, he's been fantastic. Ty Morgan was fantastic as well. This they have a lot of great players on that team, and not to mention they're young, Richard. This is a this is not just going to be a flash in the pan, a one and done thing for Central. They are young and they are hungry. And this is one of those situations where sometimes what you don't know might be better for you. They are going in all in. And I cannot wait for this game against Hoover. And not only that, another storyline in this game, that's Charles Burkett's former team, the Hoover Buccaneers. So the storylines just write themselves in this game, and I can't wait for it. And then we touched on Valley. I, the storylines write themselves for that game too the final game in the history of valley high school boys basketball and it's going to be not only for a perfect season but it's going to be for the 5a state championship and i can tell you one thing the it might be the entire city of valley packed in the legacy arena on saturday morning i cannot wait they're playing charles henderson this should be a really really good game and the way this team has been playing, you saw them in the game against Scottsboro the other day. It just seems like even when you think you got them close, Valley has the ability to just turn it on and pull away. And I'm telling you, I've heard so much, not just in the regionals, but up in Birmingham as well. The only team that can beat Valley is Valley. And as long as they don't do that and they've shown no signs of doing that, I have to think that Saturday at afternoon you're going to see the valley rams closing the curtain on their history of that program what a blue map i watched the valley game on the nfhs network as well in this entire playoffs valley really hasn't been tested yes scottsboro got some shots they got it close but valley has got ballers on their team denial dooley jay harper cam dooley Head coach Marshawn Harper has got an incredible team, 33-0, and what a great story that would be if Valley could win a blue map and go out on top, and then next season, you know, they'll be just as competitive as they merge with Lafayette because both teams have been amazing this year. That just seems unfair if you actually. That does, yeah. You're going to put it, as good as Valley has been, you're going to merge them with one of the better uh, schools in Class 2A as well? Man, that just seems unfair. It just seems like this squad, you know, whatever they call the new school, but whatever it's going to be next year is going to be just as lethal as it was this year. All right, Jack, I want to talk about the Pacelli Vikings because last night I was able to uh, catch the highlights of some of the game as uh, they, they're playing a Hawkins Arena on the campus of Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. They were taking on George Walton Academy and another team, that was dominant. Pacelli's won a state title in football. They've won a state title in wrestling, cross country, G sports, but flag football. Yeah, you name it. Pacelli has won it at the GIAA level. They're taking on Stratford Academy. You know, Thrift and I got a chance to see Stratford Academy a little bit. I think you were there too. You you might have caught them. That was pretty much a nice arena. Stratford Academy. There's only they've only lost two games all year. This is going to be a tough test. This is going to be a tough task for the Pacelli Vikings, taking on Stratford Academy, who's really been the standard in the GIAA. But I'm looking forward to this matchup. It's going to be exciting. 
at Hawkins Arena. Uh, I know you're going to be in Birmingham, but uh, you're going to have uh, Tyler over at Hawkins? Yes, I'll have Tyler over at Hawkins Arena tomorrow night. And, Richard, I've got to say is that this is the game that Corey Black has been dreaming up for his entire coaching career. You know, we're talking about a man who, when he took over the Pacelli program, they were the amount of wins they had were in the low single digits. Okay. This, and now Pacelli has gone through all these teams. They have had so much talent fall through those doors. And now they are on the doorstep of history, aiming for that elusive state championship that they haven't been able to get. And I'm telling you, I think this is a squad to do it, Richard. I really do. Strapper's a good team. There's no doubt. But the GIAA hasn't seen a team like Pacelli before. And this is a squad that is not just, you know, competitive and beating the GIAA teams at, the, at a high level, but they're beating GHSA teams. They're beating five, six, seven, eight teams at a high level as well. This is a team unlike the GIAA has seen, and I don't know if Strapper can stop them, just to be honest with just all the weapons that team has, whether it's TJ Smith or Jaden Sport, Cam Ellis or Keandre Harris, you know, so many different athletes on that squad. We saw Azarel Justy get up in the air uh, against uh, George Walton the other night as well. So many athletes and ballers on that team. It's not so much can you stop one person, but you got to st stop like five or six different people. And I don't know if Strapper has the firepower to keep up. I think the most fascinating story in the Chattahoochee Valley is the Ellison sisters. You got Kim Ellison that's about to lead Brookstone to a state championship. They're in the championship game tonight at Hawkins Arena, tip-off at 8 p.m. And then you have her sister, Kelly Ellison, the Hardaway head basketball coach, in the Final Four tomorrow at Fort Valley University, taking on Griffin. I mean, I think that, you know, they are capable. You know, Brookstone has had a very well Cinderella season. They had one of their star players injured. That's why they got the seventh seed. But they knock off Bullock Academy. They upset first Presbyterian Day. And now they are in the championship game against George Walton Academy. It should be a lot of fun at Hawkins Arena tonight. But then I think that uh, the Kim Ellison might stick around and, and watch her sister in the Final Four as Hardaway's taken on Griffin. I mean, that's just a fascinating story. No, it's an incredible story, Richard. I mean, it's not often that you see, you know, two sisters lead, air, you know, teams in, you know, in the same city, deep runs into the playoffs. But here we are, the Brookstone girls on that Cinderella run as a seven seed in the state championship game. And can we talk about the play of Taylor Williams? She had 31 of Brookstone's 37 points in their final four win. And that team goes as she goes. And I'm going to tell you, if Brookstone wins the state championship, you're going to have Taylor to thank, to thank rather. that She is phenomenal. We covered her on signing day. And there's a reason why she's going on to play at the next level because she is just a down-to-earth baller. And she's one of the best ones this city has seen in a long time. And now Brookstone on the doorstep of history for them as well. And then Hardaway. The final four against Griffin, and we're talking about a team that has always kind of been on the cusp of taking it to that next level. Well, this is the year they finally done it, and Michaela Johnson has been a revelation for the Lady Hawks this year. And honestly, she's kind of been that catalyst for Hardaway, and they have an opportunity. I really do. 
they can knock off Griffin and punch their ticket to the centerplex next week. That's for certain. All right, Jack, another team I want to talk about that's part of the Chattahoochee Valley. In fact, when Thrift and I were making that trip to Macon, you probably ran into the town of Butler, a very special town. I love these small towns because they love their high schools. But you got Taylor County, the Taylor County girls in the Final Four, taking on Clinch County on Saturday at 6 p.m., 29-1. and Just an incredible record as Taylor County at Division at 1A Division II for the Final Four for the right to play in the state championship. Just what an incredible story about Taylor County. Absolutely, and I had the opportunity to go down there for their Elite Eight game against Randolph Clay, another area team who's had a fan, who had a fantastic season as well. And the one thing about Taylor County is, you know, they're kind of out of the way, so you don't hear a lot about them. But their girls' basketball team has been an incredible one of the state powers for years now at this point, and it all goes is all credit to what head coach Monique McCrary has done with that program. This is a team that is young and is athletic and is fast, and they can shoot it from all over the court. And honestly, this is a team that, like I said, a lot of people don't you know hear about, don't know about because they're you know they're on the outskirts of our viewing area. But this is a squad that you better look out for, and they're going to be a team that give that gives Clinch County all they want. And I, honestly, I think this could be the year Taylor County, they've been to the final four a couple years in a row and they get, got knocked out in the final four. But I think this could be the year that they punch their ticket to make it. I really like the way they played against Randolph Clay. And honestly, if they can do, if they can play the way they played against Randolph Clay in the second half. I don't know if there's a team in the state that can stop them. Jack, let's talk a little bit about high school football because today the Hardaway high school football team just announced their new head coach. It's the former Chaco coach, Ryan McKenzie. And now you got Shaw, your alma mater, going up against Tyler Redman, Hardaway Hawks, his alma mater in region play. You got two brand new head coaches, two different philosophies, but they also just are going to try to compete in their region where you have some tough teams like Bainbridge, Westover. But I've mentioned, you know, at the new station with you and Tyler, there's banter going back and forth between Hardaway and Shaw. I mean, I know that this rivalry just got a little bit more interesting. But what do you think about the hiring of Coach McKenzie to Hardaway? I think it's a good hire, um, Richard. And I literally, right before we got on, I just got off the phone with Coach McKenzie interviewing him about, you know, how excited he is about – taking over at Hardaway and not only that but what he's looking to bring to this program and he said the first thing he's going to do is he's going to get to know his kids and he's going to love his kids and he's going to try to build that culture and try to you know figure out who's who belongs where and he's trying he said that he's going to put his best 11 on the field and you know give this team an opportunity to you know succeed and you know make it you know make a name for themselves in this area. And, you know, we have so many teams around here that are, you know, aiming to do the same thing. You just talked about Shaw. They're trying to establish a new culture with Johnny Garner. And, you know, and then you got, you're going, we're going into year two at Carver with Pierre coffee as well. And I, you know, you look at Northside, you know, they're in year four with Andrew Orpesa. So there's been a lot of change recently in our area, in the city. And, you know, I really am interested to see how Hardaway does with Coach McKenzie. I, like I said, I like the hire. I love the hire when Coach McKenzie was at Chaco. 
So I really like this hire, and I'm interested to see what he'll do over on College Drive. I tell you, Jack, we are about two months away from spring practices for high school football and spring games, and that's going to be exciting. And uh, has any of the high schools released their schedule for the 2023 season? Because I'm excited about that as well. Uh, have, having gotten all of them yet, like some schools will just release it sporadically on their own. The big release usually comes around early May or so. That's usually when you get the big release. And, you know, a lot of stuff gets finalized, especially after spring practices. So, you know, definitely, you know, we're getting to that point where we'll start seeing teams hit the field for spring practices. And those those spring practices are going to be big for teams like Hardaway and Shaw as they try to, you know, as the coaches try to see what they're working with and what they need to build on as they head in the summer practice. So we're, we're starting to get to that point. You know, football season never ends around here. So we're definitely going to be, you know, looking out for that, you know, see how these teams are doing as we get into the spring as well. And I am excited and anticipating when media days is going to be. And uh, I, I've already talked to Thrift. I'm going to take the day off from work. I feel as I cover high school football here on my podcast, and I actually call Friday night games for Beam and the CW, the Channel 38, that I feel like I got to be there because there's so much football to talk about. I mean, I had you and Rex on my show because I know how big, high school football is around this area. And I definitely want to have you and Tyler on my show as we do a high school football preview. It should be a lot of fun, but do you, do you happen to know the time frame of when media days is going to be? Media days usually take place in late July, early August, you know, kind of like right around the time school starts. So that's kind of be kind of going to be when, you know, they get, they start getting everybody together you know, as this year starts to come together. And then before you know it, right after media days, you know, the school year starts. And then before you know it, we're hitting pads on the first Friday night of the year, what, two, three weeks after that. Jack, one thing I'm looking forward to for the 2023 season, we finally get to see Carver and Spencer, the Heritage Bowl, at the new Otis Spencer Stadium. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, I now I'll, I'll be honest, Richard, I don't know if they're going to move it from Memorial Stadium yet. Oh, interesting. So they – now that uh, we have Otis Spencer Stadium, do you think they will have a three-stadium rotation? I do think that is the thing. You know, I've talked to uh, athletic, school district athletic director Jeff Battles about this, and that is the ultimate goal. You know, the, the school district doesn't want to leave Memorial Stadium. You know, what Otis Spencer Stadium does, it alleviates stress on the schedule. So you don't have, you know, games on Saturday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You don't have – double headers on Fridays, you know, that's what Otis Spencer Stadium allows that, you know, especially there's some times of the year where Memorial Stadium can't be open all year. You know, they have the um, state softball tournament down there. They have the greater Columbus fair down there as well. So there's some weeks, you know, Fountain city classic where the stadium Memorial Stadium is not available that uh, Otis Spencer Stadium allows for games to still be played on a regular schedule instead of, you know, being, you know, all stacked up, and now you've got double headers on back-to-back days at Connect Stadium. You've got one o'clock games on a Saturday. You got seven o'clock games on a Saturday. You know, it keeps the schedule a little bit more consistent for our teams in the area, so they're not playing at wacky times. All right, Jack. Before I get you out of here, you're about to head to the Civic Center. You're covering the River Dragons tonight. They are just in action in first place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. 
And I think that they look fantastic this year. Uh, I saw you at military night. That was probably the most incredible sight I have ever seen. Uh, what do you think about the first sellout in River Dragons history? Richard, you know, you know, I'm Columbus born and raised. I've never seen the Civic Center sold out. Never seen it. It was a sight to see, you know, from all the fans being in there to having the, you know, the troops inside the arena. You know, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life is in the middle of the second period, you know, no provocation or anything. They all just stood up and did the Soldier's Creed. And it was unbelievable. Like, I got chills. Yes, that's the word I was going to use. I got chills. Yeah, I got chills when I saw that. And, of course, you know, the River Dragons went on to win that one in a huge way. I think they won 9 nothing that night. And how could you not put on a performance like that when you have such a packed house? That is something that will stick with me for a long time, that, that kind of atmosphere. And to be honest, and this is a call out to all the fans, like that's the kind of atmosphere you need in the playoffs. So if you – you know, if you all, you know, kind of wonder, you know, do I want to, you know, check out the River Dragons? Go check out the River Dragons. It's a fun time. It's a great squad. They have the opportunity to win another league championship this year. So go check them out. Pack out the Civic Center and make that place rock like it did on military night. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. All right, Jack, tell all my listeners where they can find you on social media and other platforms. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at TV. You can follow the News 3 Sports team at WRBL Sports on Twitter and WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook. And, of course, you can watch us on TV, WRBL News 3, the CBS affiliate here in the Chattahoochee Valley. All those games that we talked about this week, between, you know, this weekend with the state championships, we'll have highlights of all of them. We will have somebody, somebody at every single one of those games. So you can be sure to tune in to News 3 and WRBL.com. We got you covered. Jack, it really means a lot to me that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be a guest on my show. I know how busy you are. You are going everywhere, Birmingham, you name it. Just it's You've just been super busy because of the state basketball playoffs. And then you just continue to grind, and I just appreciate all the work that you and Tyler do at WRBO. It's like I told you, Richard, once and before, the grind's a blessing, man. I am a blessed man to be able to get to do the things I get to do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching another show of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hope everybody has a great rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you later. Bye.